Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical, one step at a time, with magic that works. What's up, witches? Welcome to Magic School. I am your host, Vervain, and I make magic every day. And uh, this is part two of last week's episode, so this is going to be the second half of the reading that I started walking y'all through last episode. Um, before we just dive into picking up where we left off, I just want to say, A, no homework from last week, um, other than if you want to do this reading for yourself, I totally support you doing it. Um, I would love to see you do that, but obviously, like, you have another week to do that. Um, you have, like, however long to do it. You know, like I said, homework assignments. I love featuring y'all's experiences doing the homework assignments on this show, but I have no attachment to, like, necessarily featuring just the most recent episode's homework. So, like, if you're listening to episode one and... Or, you know, like, if you're listening to this episode right now and you're like, oh, I really want to do this spread for myself, um, go ahead, do it, obviously. And then please, like, still send me a little voice note or a voice message or whatever telling me about your experience or if there's anything that you learned, anything you got out of the episode, anything you got out of the practice. Um, and I would love to feature that in the homework review section of a future episode. It doesn't have to be episode 14, you know? It can be episode 26. It can be episode 111. Um I would love to feature y'all's experiences doing the homework, no matter when you do it. So that's that. And then the other thing that I wanted to say is that if you are interested in going a little deeper with this whole whole self-support thing, my friend Samantha and our friend Jennifer are hosting this um, cor- well, they just offered this course, the winter version of it, and it's like a seasonal quarterly thing. So they're going to be offering it again in spring if you want to do it then, and then they'll be offering it in summer and winter as well. Anyhow, I could tell you about this whole workshop, but instead, I'm going to let Sam tell you about it. What is Whole Self Support? Whole Self Support is a workshop for supporting your mind, body, and spirit, so the whole self, learning new ways to nourish above and below with tools like journal prompts, affirmations, daily challenges, our favorite support products, DIYs, and a group container to reflect and dive deeper. It's offered quarterly in tune with the seasons. You can get more information by texting whole self to 314-292-9919 to receive the next offering date and payment info to get started. You can follow us on Instagram to learn more information and stay current with all the magic we are making. You can find me, Samantha, at Heartshine Divine and Jennifer at Kitchen.Mystic. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you, friends. So that's that. That's the whole self-support workshop. Um, I would definitely go ahead and text that number so that you can find out like the next time it's being offered and participate. It's super affordable and just like chock full of so much information. Also, both those gals are active in Oil Coven. So if you want to come check out the community and just like dive deeper in with some really cool people on some like literally whatever you're working on magically, personally, spiritually, 
mentally, emotionally. Um, those are the sorts of conversations that we hold space for in the Oil Coven Discord and at our events, both our public events and our private events, which, you know what, let me just give you the rundown of what's coming up because we have some badass stuff coming up. You're a little late for our vision board night because that's starting in like 20 minutes, um, but we're having a vision board night tonight in our Discord. I'm really excited about that. We're just going to be chilling, making vision boards together. Um, the day after that, you're probably a little late for as well, but we're going to have Potions Club and we're going to be making a synergy spell with frankincense and envision like working through like creating the magic that will use scent memory to like trigger us back to our visions for this year throughout the year so i'm really excited about that and then let's see what's next so on february 11th this one is open to the public so whether you're an oil coven or not you can come to this one we're having a love goddess tea party it's just going to be a public zoom event with a bunch of fun people um just living up the love goddess vibes so we're just going to bring bringing all the love for ourselves and each other we're going to be sharing about our various self-love practices we're going to be learning about plant magic associated with various love goddesses um there's going to be some giveaways. There always are. It's always a great time. The tea parties are like people's favorite things. So they're super fun. Um, hit me up if you need the link for that. And or maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I might just do that. Um, then on February 12th, we're having our February Potions Club, which is going to be about the magic of chocolate. So instead of focusing on any particular essential oil, we're going to focus on chocolate as an ingredient or as, yeah, as a magical ingredient, as an ingredient in potion making. So we're going to be making actual raw chocolate bark, um, as part of our like kitchen witchery segment. And then we will also be using the same cacao butter and some essential oils to be making a beautiful, luscious chocolate body butter. And it's going to be so yummy for our skin. And uh, I'm really excited about that. So that's going to be the sort of thing where either you can just come to the demonstration and take notes later, or you can like get all the ingredients ahead of time and make all the stuff with us. That's how Potions Club works. Like you can come and just take notes, or you can come and make the potions with us at the same time. We post the ingredients ahead of time and stuff. Um, and those Potions Club are for Oil Coven members only. But like I said, you can check out the space at the Love Goddess Tea Party the day before. And then... On February 18th, we're having our full moon circle. Our moon circles are always really, like, heart-centered. Like, I don't know, my brain is wanting to go into this space of being like, everything's super awesome. And, like, it is. But the moon circles are a different kind of energy. You know, it's not, like, super awesome energy. It's, like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is. But it's usually, it's just very heart-centered. It's very <sighs> soul-centered. It's just a really beautiful, intimate deep space that we go into with each other and like space is held to both to like hear where everyone is and like what people's visions are and how they're going for this moon cycle and then we usually also do some magic together to help enhance those you know I feel like the collective vision the collective energy the collective magic is so much more powerful than just you know, within what we do alone, um, which is not to say that what we do alone is not powerful, because I think that what we do magically as individuals is really powerful. But I think that when we come together with a common purpose, with common energy towards a common goal, that is just like exponentially more powerful. 
And that's one of my favorite things about Oil Coven. So that's our moon circle. We're having full moon circle on February 18th. Again, that's members only, but hit me up if you want to become a member. We can make it super easy. We can work together to meet your wellness goals within your budget and get you hooked into this amazing, amazing, magical community. Um, and then on February 26th, this is serious, guys. On February 26th, which is a Saturday at 2 p.m. Central, I'm going to be hosting a class on the feelings kit. And I think, honestly, that my next episode that I do is going to be about the feelings kit because I have been working some powerful magic with this kit. And it's like, I mean, if, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can go to my Instagram at Vervain and the Roses. And I have posted literally a like 30 minute video of me doing this ritual. And it's like an emotional healing release ritual. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it right here, right now. Um, I will go into more detail on that on my next episode. I'm feeling so passionate about it right now. So fired up about it because it has been like unlocking, unsticking like so much energy that's been stuck in my person, you know, up till very recently. And like, I can, we're definitely still washing dishes in my soul, you know, like we're definitely still scrubbing. There's definitely still some stuff that needs to be released. Um, but, um, it's, it's these six oils, forgiveness, release, uh, present time, inner child, harmony, and valor. And they do what they say they do. Basically. Um, it's, it's just, it's a very powerful ritual. If you don't believe me, just watch, don't believe me just watch um the video is on my instagram it's like purple and it looks like i'm crying and it's 30 minutes those are your clues you can find it i trust you um <laughs> oh also there's a feelings kit highlight on my instagram so if you click that you can find more information there and the video is linked in that highlight um yes on that class that class is open to the public so if you're like i could use some some tools for emotional healing. Like I could definitely use some emotional support tools, but I don't know about this coven space. Like if you want to check out the community, come to the tea party. If you want to check out the community and learn about some of the plant magic and how it's helping me and how it can maybe help you definitely plan on coming to our feelings kit class on February 26th of 2022, depending on when you're listening to this, um, <laughs> uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Central. That's 12 p.m. Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern and probably a not totally unreasonable time if you're in Europe also. So that's a thing. And with that, I'm going to quit talking and let my past self finish talking and walking through this tarot spread. So if you're just hopping on this episode and you haven't listened to episode 12, I would go back and listen to episode 12, part one of this one. Um, this is episode 13. I just realized Spotify doesn't display the episode numbers, so it's really not helpful for like half of you when I refer to episodes by number. But... um episode 12, episode 13, we're talking body, mind, spirit, part one and part two. So if you haven't read, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. Part two will make a lot more sense. If you have, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here and let's get going. Well, damn, that's all I got to say about these cards <laughs> for my mind problem or challenge. Um, I got the five of emotions and I feel called the fuck out. And for the action, I got the Muse of Materials, which we'll talk about in a second. I want to read to you a couple um, 
excerpts from this five of emotions. So it talks about grief, loss. It's like the five of cups, right? Grief, loss, getting stuck in a negative pattern or emotion, not seeing the way out, allowing an unwanted pattern to become who you are. Oh, man. Relating. Hashtag relatable. Um, Crying over spilled milk, learned helplessness, the time to find new hope and turn towards the things that bring you joy, turning your heart to light. And then this creator musing oh my gosh this one is where i felt like really really called out we can become enamored with our own shadows as they make us feel proud to have endured so much they can make us believe we are deep healing spiritual and profound as our dark night of the soul can give us strength love all the parts of you but don't love the shadow so much that you keep it from being processed healed and released and the word prompt that they give is stolen life force. And oh my gosh, it's, um, well, when I think of stolen life force, I honestly, I do, my mind immediately jumps to like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna reframe this after I say it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame it the way that it first pops into my head first. Cause I think that's going to be easier to understand, which is in terms of wasted time. You know, when I look back at, like, all the time that I've, quote-unquote, wasted doing not what I was supposed to be doing or just, like, not doing anything or just, like, wallowing or just, like, you know, you know, all the time that I've spent in my five of emotions, like, it's easy to see that as a wasted time and to feel like that life force was stolen from me. But the truth is that, like, you know, what happens to me happens to me, right? But then how I respond to it, how I react to it, that's all me. And who's stealing my life force? Me. My own decisions, right? And my own inaction, my own stuckness. And there's, um, there's another, well... Yeah, well, yeah, so I'm I'm thinking when I look at this, and especially when I look at it next to the muse of materials, who the, this deck has muses instead of kings. Um, I don't know if this entire deck is feminine, but it definitely has a strong feminine energy, um, and it does have muses instead of kings, so there's that. And I think it might... It might be, it might be 100% feminine. I'm not sure, actually. Um, I'm not going to go vet that right now. But, so the muse of materials being, uh, uh, you know, basically like the king of pentacles, but in, in a feminine, creative, spiritual sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, is... You know, she she bears a message of abundance, of like l- limitless possibility and and limitless abundance. And seeing that next to the five of emotions makes me think of the five of emotions in the context of scarcity mindset, part one, and then part two, this attachment to being the underdog. And this is something that my friend Mickey, who she hosts the podcast from Anxious to Able, and she founded Moon Babes, which Oil Coven is a part of. 
and she talks about this a lot and it's really stuck with me um about this idea that like when you're the underdog everyone is cheering for you people want you to succeed and then like once you start to actually experience success even people who cheered you on some of them are going to be bitter you know wishing it was them not understanding like why is it you and not me um some of them are going to find you know reasons why it's like not fair that you succeeded or like why you shouldn't or like you know things that you're doing wrong reasons you should be canceled you know that people it's like it's like that journey from the uh the six of wands to the seven of wands right the six of wands is this like victory and the seven of wands is like defending (laughs) defending your position on the hill like it's not it's not all all a bed of roses at the top um and i'm seeing in this five of emotions in my mind problem area this attachment to my own this attachment to the things that hold me back because they're good excuses, I guess. Um, Are they even? But they can be perceived as such. They can pass as such, right? Like, and I wonder if, ooh, gosh, I wonder if, like, part of why I hold on so tightly to my job, you know, despite everything that I've talked about on this podcast before, I wonder if one of the reasons that I hold on so tightly to this job, day job, muggle job, whatever, is because if I didn't have it, I couldn't blame my slow pace, my slow growth or my lack of success, my lack of manifestation. I couldn't blame those things on, oh, well, I also have like a full-time job or like I also, you know, work X number of hours a week for the man. <laughs> like if I couldn't say that anymore, then it real I really would have only myself to blame. And obviously I still only have myself to blame, but it's, um, that's an interesting thought, you know, that, that I'm, I'm attached to a lot of things that hold me back because as long as I have those things holding me back, I don't have to admit that it's me holding me back, right? Ugh. <laughs> are you are you hearing truth come out these lips that you need to hear too? Tell me, I need to know. Um, am I alone in this? I know I'm not alone in this, but are you with me here? Is this totally alien to you or is this something that you deal with too? Um, and if this is something that you deal with too, like, please, let's be friends. <laughs> um, ugh, yeah. And, and so I was looking at that also, and it, I, I went back before I recorded this. I've, like, gone and eaten dinner and everything before I came back to this. But I went back to look at the hermit again. I read through all the mind cards again while I was gone. And the hermit, there's this, this line I wanted to share that, like, um, she's, like, seeking this light from outside herself and, like, getting closer to it, right? And then she says... Uh, And when I close my eyes to sink into a deepened state, you are no longer there, yet you are here. So close, in fact, that I realize the light, your light, is coming from within me. 
and I have been chasing its glow all along. You are within me. You are the best of me when I am present, and your wisdom only comes when I stop seeking beyond and start feeling within. I smile myself to sleep. And that to me that that like your your wisdom only comes when I stop seeking beyond and start feeling within that really does speak to me about everything that I said earlier about how I'm engaging on social media and stuff, but also on how I, where I place responsibility for my success and failure. And if I'm seeking beyond for the reasons why I succeed or why I fail, you know, if I'm choosing to blame God or corporate or whatever for my success or failure, I'm always going to be far from the truth. Um, or at the very least, I'm not going to be arriving at conclusions that empower me to make change because the only conclusions that empower me to make change are conclusions that place the blame or the responsibility. That's a better word place the responsibility in my hands. And we talked about this way back in episode one. And that's why that was episode one, by the way, is because it's foundational to everything else. And so (laughs) seeing that, yeah, the five of emotions as my problem being my attachment to the things that are holding me back. And this brings me back again to why my word of the year this year is freedom. It is my intention to free myself from those attachments, to free myself from those potential excuses. Um, It's my intention to free myself from my day job. It's my intention to free myself from my excuses, from from the temptation to place the responsibility for my success or failure outside of myself. And this brings us to the muse of materials who promises to be the action or the solution, right? And she is, oh, she looks down at the small traveler and offers a lesson of manifesting in abundance. Sweet creator, these things are yours for the taking and the using the fusing and the gentle forming. Your harvest, little sprout, arises from the earth. So ground into her low humming energy and breathe in her humidity and warmth. The muse promises a pathway of so much wealth for those who are willing to live in her inspired love. Seek the grounding energy of her earthly delights and know that your own fertile lands are blooming now. And so first and foremost, I see this as a call once again to be present in my body right there with the empress. The empress and the muse of materials are very similar. And actually, I I thought about choosing the queen of pentacles um, as my card of the year. And the reason I chose against that is because I didn't actually pick a card of the year last year, but I was holding in my heart throughout much of the year, this vision of myself as the queen of pentacles, you know, this, this ideal to embody queen of pentacles energy. And 
I, you know, I did this whole practice of like studying the entire suit of the pentacles. I did this, um, it was like a 14 day ritual. You started on the new moon, finishing on the full moon, moving up from ace to king in, um, and you can do this with any suit, depending on like what area of your life you're wanting to work on. But I did it with pentacles because I was wanting to work on abundance. Like I said, that was something I've been focusing on a lot. And I, you know, I'm going through it and I'm like, I feel like I understand these lessons. I feel like I'm doing my best to do these things. I don't really understand where I'm missing the message. And I think a big part of it is I wasn't necessarily always being present in my body. And I think that's the next big step for me. But I think also that when I look at these two cards together, the five of emotions and the muse of materials, I see a dichotomy there between scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. And I have been, while, even, even while I have been manifesting <laughs> immense abundance and, you know, like living out patterns of abundance manifestation and coaching my own abundance mindset, I have still been living in fear, living in fear that like, what if people don't actually want what I'm offering? You know, what if my value is not actually something that the world needs now? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. But who will buy this love? Who will buy this love? Um, actually, I feel called to sing a short portion of a song for you um, that I wrote that well, or am writing, I suppose it's uh, this, this piece of the song came to me like probably like two years ago and I haven't finished it yet. It's not, I've not found words or melodies that work for the rest of the song where it's supposed to go. I don't know, but this is what I have. Here's my sorry story. I have taken money for love and I'm still fucking poor. Money for love. An industry I could be proud to be part of. Money for love. But sales is a science that silence the art of. Money for love. Money for love. I had a brief, very, very brief tenure in the sex work industry. I'm not cut out for it. Let's say that. Philosoph I, philosophically, I feel very aligned with the ideals of um, ancient temple priestesses, you know, performing sex work as an act of spiritual devotion. And um, the truth is that the clientele just isn't what it used to be, as far as I can tell. So... <laughs> Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's maybe something that we could talk about sometime. 
that's all I have to say about that now. But it's like, like this whole idea of like love being like the value that you provide. Like, oh my God, I would love to be in the business of selling love. I would love to be able to generate abundance by loving people fully and like showing up in love for people. But it doesn't, um, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not that simple <laughs> as they say. Um, and, and I think, you know, I'm perhaps the voice that says it's not that simple is the five of emotions and the muse of materials is she who says it is that simple. You go out, you love people, you love people through whatever is your medium of providing value. And for me, maybe that's, you know, maybe it's divinatory coaching, or maybe it's holding space in oil coven and educating people about plant magic and wellness and all of these wonderful tools that we have to support ourselves. And maybe how I love people is by writing from the heart and singing from the heart and sharing my music with the world and raising the vibration to the vibration of love through the act of music. You know, these are ways that I love people and maybe my calling here, maybe the, the vocation of the, the muse of materials is making to me here is to say that you're, you're complicating things by approaching it through this whole language of exchange and scarcity and you know this 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 business language this sales language but sales is a science that silence the art of money for love like sales the science of sales can really fuck with your ability to love people and uh, yeah, it's really hard to love someone when you're trying to do it through the question in your head of like, what am I going to get in return for this? Is this going to pay off? Is this investment going to pay off? What's the return on investment here? And, and the muse of materials says, love and love will provide and let me read here to you what the muse of materials actually says through this poem um this one is a little more cryptic but i like it and i'm gonna read it to you intentions you shipped once ago bloom here fertile and waiting anew attentions you planted ago soon near thrive and prosper for you so sink into my bed of moss, your replenished soil of blessing. Your net will bloom in my system of roots, all the earthly mending impressing. So mesh with me in this nest of wealth, a plentiful snug nutrition. Absorb this magic, this garden of health. Walk the way towards its certain fruition. And this to me is also bringing up images of mycelium. And I, I like to think about um, mushrooms a lot because 
the the mushroom itself is the masculine right is the like literally like the penis of the earth um you know or of the fungus like popping up out of the earth and 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 the fungus is like i think of them as the gods of death and i think there's a very important reason beyond the psychedelic reason why um ammonita mushrooms are associated with odin and why we can come back to this so the the mushroom itself is the masculine but the mycelium is this feminine network underneath right um and and the way that everything is connected and slow growing and hidden and buried and warm and wet is so feminine and the way that it is i mean both all aspects of the fungus are both creative and destructive. The feminine and the masculine are both creative and destructive. Um, you know, on the one hand, like the mushrooms release the spores and the mushrooms also can, depending on the mushroom, you know, can get the mushroom gives life. The mushroom, one side of the mushroom will give life. One side of the mushroom will take it away. <laughs> one side of the mushroom will make you grow smaller make it grow taller um and you know in the psychedelic sense mushrooms can kill your ego like they can facilitate ego death the death of the self in in within the self at least for a time um and through so doing they also facilitate this realization of utter unity right like this this embodiment of love of oneness and so that destruction and that creation that death and love those are both equally in the fungus and in the mycelium which is constantly digesting the world around it digesting the death around it in order to nurture and bring forth more life not only the mushrooms that sprout from the mycelial network but all the life that grows from the soil that could not grow from the soil without the work that the mycelium does underground. Why am I talking about this? Hmm. How did I get on this track? Well, I mean, nature... the mycelium, the mushrooms, they just do. They don't worry about what will be provided for them in exchange for the work that they do. They feed on whatever dead things are presented to them. You know, they grow on whatever they can. I mean, mold is, is fungus as well. And, you know, Lord knows it can grow anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. Very impressive very resilient, very persistent. Um, definitely something that we can learn from. And so I'm seeing this as a call to stop worrying so much about the how and the specifics and the exchange, you know, stop keeping track of 
the investments that I make in other people like I'm waiting for them to pay me back. And in my personal life, I've done this a long, I did this a long time ago, a couple years ago, actually, I made the rule for myself that I was never going to do something for someone if I, if my thought process was, this will be worth it because this person can provide XYZ value to me. Um, unless that was like clearly, like, you know, if we had like clearly spoken an agreement, like I will do this for you and you will do this for me, that's one thing. But to, you know, help a, a friend with the thought in the back of my head that like, this will pay off later is not the right way to help a friend and leads to resentment. And so I made a rule for myself that I was only going to do things for people if I felt legitimately good about just doing it with no strings attached. And then, you know, if something came back to me later because of it, I would be grateful for it and I would be pleasantly surprised and I would be happy about it, but I would not be like, you know, if nothing came of it, if, if I never received any return on that investment in terms of like, you know, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I wasn't going to be bothered because I, I legitimately felt happy just to have done the thing for the person. And that was a really good rule that I made for myself. It's avoided a lot of resentment and a lot of disappointment. And it's also helped me say no, you know, if there's something that I don't feel like, you know, like this like I could do that, but that really would only be worth it to me if X, Y, Z, then I can speak that or I can just say no. And, and it's also been good because I've, I've found that there are actually, you know, there are actually quite a few things that I am more than willing to just do for someone with no, no strings attached and no expectation of, of anything returned. And that is really beautiful to learn that about myself. Um, so in my personal life, I've been living this out really well. In my, like, approach to business and, you know, wealth and abundance and these sorts of things, I don't think I've quite mastered that mindset. And I think that's what this is asking me to do, um, is to work on my abundance mindset specifically as it applies to networking and building connections with people and being of service to people and providing value. And, you know, that I've, I've known this actually for a while, but I don't know how well I've been living it out because I suspect I've been holding myself back through various five of emotions type type things. Um, but I, I, I know that what I'm supposed to be doing is just being consistent in providing value and loving people and being of service to people and helping people. And that's like what I want to do anyway. It's just that I find myself in a place of fear about whether or not I can afford to love people because how am I going to be provided for? And that is, again, what I think I come back to the hermit and the lovers. Oh, 
the lovers, to love people, to show up in love, in service, for people, because people, because I love people. Wow, how simple could it be? Um, the hermit, yes. Um, oh, I, I just had a thought. Where did it go? So I'm not actually 100% sure where I was going with that idea, but I did remember one of the things that I wanted to say about the mushrooms, which is that it, I thought of another song that I wrote this past year um, called Next Time I Come Around that, spoiler alert, is one of the songs that I will be releasing in 2022. That is the first time I've spoiled that, I think. And um, it's got a verse in it about mushrooms, and it's about... The whole song is about how hard it is to be embodied as a human. And I think it has a lot to do with the things that are coming up in all of these cards. And so I want to sing it for you, acapella, right now. I hope you like it. Next time I come around, I think I'd like to be a clover. And then when that life is over, I think I could be a human again. Then next time I come around, I could be a bunch of roses. Everybody loves some roses. And then I could be a human again. Maybe I could be a chanterelle and all of my mycelium would help me stay in touch with everybody that I loved. And I'd never have to say a word, but I would still be felt and heard. And maybe this will sound absurd, but that would be enough. Oh, next time I come around, let me have a go at soaring. Laying low is getting boring, and then I could be a human again. Or I could be a willow tree and weep for what will never be and nobody will chide me for the hours I spend weeping. I would live among the other trees and dance with every passing breeze and never ever have to sneeze or feel bad for sleeping. <laughs> but. Next time I come around, I think I'd like to be a something who loves everything, fears nothing, and then I could be a human again. Lord, please give me something easy, make my next life light and breezy, and then I can be a human again. So that's that. I hope you like it. Um, support me on Patreon at Vervain and the Roses. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, I do post a bunch of my music there, so you can find it there. And it's not super high quality, but that's what the Patreon is for, is to give people a taste of the good stuff while I work on the really, really good stuff, which is the same stuff, just higher quality. Okay, so I drew the rest of the cards, the cards for the spirit column of this reading last night. And I have a lot to say about it, but also I just woke up and somehow like as I was rolling out of bed, I had the realization that part of what the whole five of emotions, muse of materials dichotomy means for me is that I believe or know, I'm not sure, that my, that like the things that make life hard for me are what make me relatable. Whoo! <laughs> and that if I 
uh, that therefore, if I like triumph over them, I will no longer be relatable and people will no longer like me. Which is the same thing as the whole afraid of not being the underdog thing anymore. But it just, the way that those words came through to me, like the, the idea of like my neurodivergence, you know, makes me relatable. And like, obviously like, I'm not going to just like find a way to like not be neurodivergent anymore, but you know, it would be a cool, it would be really cool if I could find a way to harness my brain (laughs) and like harness my both the the gifts and the curses and like figure out how to steer them and that's that is what I have to try to do and that is what I'm going to do this year I was gonna say gonna try to do and then I was like nope you're not allowed to say that do or do not there is no try and then I said that that was what I was gonna do this year and then my brain was just flooded with all of these feelings of like is that even possible should you say that should you say that you're gonna do it if you don't even know if you can and I don't know But (laughs) that's that. As for the spirit column, let's just say I drew these cards and at first I was confused. And then as I drew more cards, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. And then I drew the last card and then I had to get my release oil because I just needed a good long cry. So let's dive in. Um, For the regular old spirit position, I got another double jumper. Um, So I got justice and the emperor. And when I first saw those, I was like, what? the fuck does justice and the emperor have to do with my spirit? And then I thought about that phrase, that truth, that axiom that I keep hearing that like the more that you like plan or schedule your, I'm talking about the emperor specifically here, but like the more that you like plan and schedule your time, the more that you set boundaries around your specifically around like your work and the things that you have to do the more freedom you have in the rest of your time and obviously my word of the year is freedom I'm really I'm choosing to create freedom in my life this year in all sorts of ways and one of those ways is by planning utilizing my planning tools and planning ahead so that you know, when I start each day, I know what I have to do. Like I knew when I woke up, the first thing I had to do today was record the rest of my thoughts on this reading so that I can publish it tonight. And, um, and you know, that takes the whole decision-making phase out of things. It's, it's great. It's cool. So the emperor, I definitely see as like a call to you know, my, my quote unquote, think about the word spirit, right? Like the quote unquote free spirit, my free spirit has made me feel for a long time. And this could also relate back to the five of emotions as well. Um, has made me resistant or I've chosen because of my free spirit, I've chosen to be resistant to structure in all sorts of ways. You know, it's like, no, I just want to be spontaneous and creative and go with the flow and follow my inspiration where it leads and follow my passion and follow my heart. And it's like, well, that's a really good way to never actually accomplish anything difficult, to never actually make it past the... When I go back to the page of inspiration where uh, that card was talking a lot about, like, 
being really creative and being really good at starting projects, but not being good at finishing them. And we're going to come back to that with the last card, the one that made me cry. It was the nine of inspiration and we'll get to that. But thinking like that, you know, that is who I've been living into this like free spirit aspect of myself. I've very much been the page of inspiration, like all ideas, no follow through. Um, I don't want to say no follow through. I mean, this has been a journey of like realizing this and taking action on it. Like I think I told you a couple years ago, my word of the year was follow through. And that was the year that I went back to school. Um, (laughs) I didn't, I still haven't finished my degree, but I did do two more years of college and I did really well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, and now it's like, I don't know, but, and then I wrote two books and I finished those. So that felt like to me, like, finishing the books was my way of actually proving to myself that, like, hey, you can do hard things. You can finish something after the point when it stops being fun all the time, you know? And let me be real, like, the the book was, like, every aspect of writing those books was actually fun. The only part of it that wasn't fun was it was just, like, because I'm not a (laughs) full-time... author, (laughs) but I was working full-time hours as an author. Like, I'm also full-time other things, and just having to, like, balance all those things at once was super stressful, and that was the thing that made it not fun, um, not the actual work, um, and if I could know that I could just write full-time and be supported that way, um, that would be really cool. I would totally do that. (sighs) So... The Emperor is, to me, I'm seeing that as, like, a call to structure. And then the Justice card, I was also seeing that as, like, a a mirror of the Hermit card in the Mind column. Because the Hermit, right, was talking about, like, you know, tuning into your intuition and your inner light. And, like, seeking within instead of without. And I'm reminded of this line from The Charge of the Goddess as, um, it's originally by Doreen Valiente, but this was adapted by or like slightly rewritten by Starhawk and um the line that I'm reminded of is and you who seek to know me know that the seeking and yearning will avail you not unless you know the mystery for if that which you seek you find not within yourself you will never find it without for behold I have been with you from the beginning and I am that which is attained at the end of desire and I'm looking at the hermit and at justice and I'm thinking about listening to my heart and listening to my own deep self, you know, rather than because justice is asking the question, I think, of like, what's what's right? What's the right thing to do? And. I'm, I'm reminded that no one else can tell me what's the right thing to do. And I have to know and feel and decide for myself what is the right path for me. Um, and I'm reminded also of the rune Raido and also the, the, the dichotomy or like not the dichotomy, the, um, the pairing of the cards justice and the emperor i'm also reminded of the rune tiwas um which is like 
it is both justice because it's tear and it's also order the emperor it's the it's the pillar that you know holds that maintains cosmic order and it's that structure structure justice and structure and you know knowing you know following your own internal compass to know what's right um or I suppose I should say following my own internal compass to know what's right. It's it's funny how just switching that language from like second person to first person switches it in my own head from being like theoretical to being very personal. <laughs> how much just saying it's about me knowing what's right rather than saying it's about you knowing what's right. It really puts it into perspective and makes me realize like, oh... this is actually about me and work that I have to do. So, um, unlike the other columns for the second position in the spirit column, which is the problem, right? Or the challenge problem or challenge. I also got a double jumper and I got in combination the moon and the queen of emotions. And this to me was, I thought, I thought pretty clear. Um, but I want to, I want to, there were some really choice lines in this book that I wanted to share with you, but immediately when I saw the moon, I thought, okay, this is about me not seeing things as they are. This is about distortion, distortions. Um, this is about, um, yeah, like mental distortions that we are, distortion, like thought patterns that I have, um, or have had around my perception of, um, especially like what other people think of my work or what other people think of me for somebody who is so willing to go against the grain and so like autistic and has been so like quote unquote different my whole life as an adult, like it was so easy for me as a child to completely ignore peer pressure. Like it did not affect me. It really didn't. And I remember people asking me as a kid and teenager and and young adult, like in college, high school, college, even elementary school, like how could I be so different and like not let people's reactions bother me? And I wanted so badly to be able to give people a good answer to that question. And I couldn't, like, I didn't know. I was like, I just do it. And it's so funny because now, (laughs) ha ha ha, very funny. Because now, well, now I've realized that I'm autistic, which I'm pretty sure is the actual reason why I was able to do that and not let it bother me. Because one of the things that you'll learn about autism that no one really understands it, right? No one really understands like what autism is, where it comes from, what all its different effects are. Are there like multiple different types? Is it a spectrum or are there different like um, specific types? No one really understands this or knows this. And anything that's like written in, in whatever form about psychology stuff, like just understand as you're reading it that no one really understands shit about the human brain. Um, It's one of the greatest mysteries, if not the greatest mystery to humanity. Um, Like the only things that come close 
to the human brain as like great mysteries of life are God, the ocean, and space. Um, <laughs> those are like, I feel like those are like the four things that we just have not even a clue about. And I mean, obviously we have like a couple clues, but <clears throat> we're pretty clueless. And now as an adult, and, and so part of it, when, so, okay, the autism thing is that we have much stronger internal reward systems than external reward systems. So, as I understand it, and I'm not sure that I understand it very well, my brain will reward me more for creating a pretty doodle and creating something that I like than it will for someone else telling me, good job, or, hey, you're cool. Um, however... <laughs> Um, here's another astrology thing. I have learned that I am a Saturn Aquarius. My Saturn is in Aquarius, which apparently means, and this is one of the things that made me kind of start, like, considering astrology as maybe something worth looking into is because I resonated so strongly with this, with what I heard about Saturn and Aquarius, which is that my biggest overarching, like, narrative struggle in my life, the biggest challenge that I have to deal with in life is of, like, on the one side, like, identity and uniqueness and, like, being true to myself and being an individual and and having all that on one side of the fulcrum and then on the other side, like, community and connection and love and fitting in and friendship and, and like, mm, fitting in is a weird, weird phrase, right? Because you, I think the point, ooh, okay, <sighs> let me take a breather, <laughs> I just had, like, a realization that might make me cry, I'm just gonna drink some water really quick, water's the source of all life, okay, let me see if I can catch these words again the way that they came through my head, I think that the idea of fitting in is not supposed to be about Whew! It's not supposed to be about changing the shape of who you are to fit in a pre-existing box. It's supposed to be about shining your light bright enough that other people like you see you and recognize themselves in you. And it's not about changing yourself to fit in at all. It's about finding the people and the places where you do fit in. I am going to cry. <sighs> wow. Um, thanks, High Priestess. I'm, like, looking into the eyes of the High Priestess on this card as I'm, like, having this whole realization. <sighs> and so my... It's only been, it's over the past, like, five years or so, I've really come to realize that as I started to understand how much the rest of the world valued fitting in and, you know, finding a community, I, my first reaction was to reject the idea that I needed other people at all. My first reaction was to 
enter a state of denial around needing community or needing connection or needing friends. I told myself the story that I was happy alone. I had all that I needed by myself. You know, all I needed was myself, my books, my paper, my pens, (laughs) my guitar, my piano, you know, whatever. Like, as long as I could be creative and be myself, I didn't need anyone else's approval. I didn't need anyone else to like me. And I lived that way for a long time. And eventually I started to realize that connecting with other people, you know, love, not in so many words, is probably actually the meaning of life. And like, you know, making those connections and finding, finding those places where our whole self fits in. And finding the people that speak to, you know, that fit into our strange shapes and, and that speak to our experiences and, and that can change us and that can love us and who we can love, whom we can love. I think that's actually the meaning of life. And so I had a reckoning, right? Because it's like, oh, fuck, I've been in complete denial about my need to experience what I'm pretty sure now is actually the true meaning of life. (laughs) And so I started, how do I put this? I, I started actually trying to connect with people and social media really helped me do this. It gave me a space to like be vulnerable in a way where like, cause when you're actually like sharing to social media, you can do it in a way where you're alone, you know, you're, you're alone and you're just being creative in your own alone creative space. And you can write whatever you want and edit your photos however you want and take whatever photos you want. And like, no one else has to be a part of that. No one else has to watch that. No one else has to see you in your process. And then you put it out there and like, then it can be judged, but you can just like put it in the screen and then walk away. You know, like you (laughs) put it in the screen. You know what I mean? You can just like post it to the feed and then walk away and then not have to think about whether anyone else is going to like it or not. And so, like, that was, like, my first foray into trying to connect with other people. And it um, worked, I guess. Um, I've, I've, I've made a lot of friends through social media. And I've found a lot of my people through social media. And I really have, actually. Like, when I think of it now, like, my current roommate and my last roommate, who have both been huge blessings to my life, um, are both people that I met through Facebook and so many of my boss witches are people that I met through Instagram. Like so many of the people in oil coven who are like my, my fucking people, you know, like those are the people when I, when I'm like sitting here crying about like, Oh, you're supposed to just like shine your whole light and find the places where that fits in rather than like changing you to fit somewhere. Like, oil coven, those people, those are the people. (laughs) That's the place where there is space for me to be my whole self and shine my whole light and like not blind anyone. And we cool, we good. It, It fits, it fits in, you know, my whole self fits in. 
and God, what a gift, you know, but it's also, there is, you have to walk that line between like really caring about connecting with other people and also not caring at all if some people don't get it, if most people don't get it. And then at the same time, that opens up the door to the question of like, well, what if no one gets it? What if I, you know, am my whole self over and over and over and over and over again and like no one likes me? And honestly, (laughs) I hate to say this, but like honestly, that might mean that you have a good amount of like deep interpersonal work to do about like, how much of quote unquote my whole self is defense mechanisms that put other people off who would otherwise be able and willing and ready and excited to love me, you know? And that's something that I've done, you know, because I created this whole idea in my head, this whole belief in my head that I didn't need anyone and I didn't need anyone's approval and I didn't need anyone to like me or what I did or what I created. I put up all these defense mechanisms that actually prevented people from connecting with me. Um, And, you know, you can play it off as, like, being mysterious or, like, being introverted or being, um, whatever you know there are all sorts of things that you can put it off as or like I just need a lot of alone time or like I just don't want to talk to people like and I mean like you know putting up like wearing your headphones out in public because you don't want to talk to people is fine but if you're doing that at every party that you go to why are you going to the fucking party you know if you're standing in the corner with your arms crossed like I don't need anyone and then you're like no one wanted to talk to me um nobody likes me it might not be that nobody likes you. It might be that you're preventing people from seeing who you are and connecting with you. Um, and, you know, it could also be that your trauma responses are, like, really off-putting to other people and that there's work to do there. And that's a thing, too. But I think there's a difference between healing yourself and changing yourself but it is a deeply personal question of where that line is for each person and I can't answer that for you um I might be able to help you answer that with you if we had like a I like that that's the sort of thing I would love to go go over in like a divinatory coaching session like that's the sort of thing that I love to do have these deep conversations with people um And you may have noticed, like, this reading is taking a while, and I love doing this sort of long, in-depth reading, and I've been thinking about ways to, like, offer more of that in a way that is, you know, both, like, honors my time and the value that I offer, as well as, like, doesn't uh, break the bank for my clients, and I've been thinking about trying to, like, well, not trying to, about creating an offering where it's basically, like, you come over, we spend the afternoon together, I'll make you tea, I'll read your cards, and it's just, like, a flat fee for, like, three to four hours of whatever services I can provide for you, whether that's, like, 
connecting you with plant magic or, you know, connect, like uh, connecting dots between, you know, cards and aspects of your life and helping you map. Like this, when I'm looking at all of these cards here, like this really is a map of all of these different psychological, spiritual, physical, like things that I have to deal with this year. And it's really useful. It's really helpful to see it all laid out like this in relationship to each other. And especially to be able to like draw the parallels between, you know, what, what it's showing me in each column and what it's showing me in each row. It's just very, it's very interesting. It's very helpful. And, um, I would love to offer more of this sort of thing in person because I love connecting with people one-on-one and I do love offering, um, zoom readings, but it's just, it's, it's, it's never quite the same as in person. And I think I would be willing to do like in-person ones for like a lower hourly rate just because I like them better, honestly. So that's a thing that I've been considering. (laughs) Um, so the moon thought distortions, right? And like, we can tell ourselves all sorts of stories about like what people think about us or how successful we're being when we're misplacing the responsibility for what's happening to us. And let me see if I can explain that in an example, because that was a lot of words that made sense inside my head, but I want to make sure they make sense inside your head too. So for example, when we, let's think about social media again, when, when I post something to social media and it doesn't get a big reaction or a a, a big positive reaction, it can be really easy to think, oh, nobody likes what, nobody likes my content. When maybe the truth is just that like you posted it at the wrong time of day and (laughs) Instagram isn't happy about it. (laughs) Or like nobody cares about what I have to say. When the truth is like maybe your first couple sentences didn't include any of the meat of what you had to say and so nobody even got to like what you were actually trying to say or maybe it's just that not every single person who follows you sees every single one of your posts because they're not all on Instagram all the time doing nothing but watching your feed and maybe you have to say something 18 times for even half of your people to read it even once and maybe it's not you know your heart and your soul and your message and what you have to say and your mission you know maybe that's not what people don't like maybe uh, who the fucking algorithm right whatever anyhow i feel like the algorithm and the moon card have a lot to say to each other and let's see what this book has to say about this moon card because there was definitely stuff i wanted to share in here yeah oh yeah being unable to see in the dark means trusting your intuition and seeking to unveil what lies in the shadows of the moonlight so again we're coming back to justice to the high priestess to the hermit to this idea that like because we have these thought distortions and because like we don't have a way of knowing for sure like why something does or doesn't do well on social media or like why an offering in my shop for example like does or doesn't do well like we have no way of knowing these things right off the bat and so we (laughs) i i'm gonna make it personal again what I have to do is high priestess it up 
and listen to my fucking heart. Listen to my fucking intuition. If my intuition, my heart says, this is good, people need this, then don't post about it once and assume no one wants it and everyone hates you because it only got, like, 50 likes or whatever. Like, keep fucking talking about it if you think it's important. If you think it's important, if you think people need to know about it, if you think people could benefit from the value you're offering, keep fucking talking about it. And if you think it's true, keep fucking saying it. If you know in your heart, in your soul that it's true, keep fucking saying it. And this goes for not social media, too. That's just, I feel like, a really easy way to talk about it is social media. I feel like it makes a lot of sense in that context. <sighs> there's, um, yeah, I think that's actually, there's, like, a lot on this page, but that's all I'm going to say um, from the, from the moon card. And then the queen of emotions is, like, this beautiful ocean queen. And let me see if I can find her in this book because she good. Um, and she said some good stuff, I think. I don't know. I was looking over all this last night. It was a long time ago. <sighs> we often create with our mind and our heart. Such is the way, right? What would happen if you gift yourself two days to create something from the heart alone? No rules, no strategy, no logic. What would you do? And that's just like the creator musing. So each one, a lot of these cards have like a creative prompt in it. And that's one of them. So it's not like the main meaning of the card. But that was the one that really stuck out to me. Because it's this question of like, and this is in my spirit column, right? And like, my mind is what traps me. Like if you think about the suit of swords, I think especially about like the eight of swords. Um, where it's like, you know, this this woman is trapped, but she's not that trapped. Like, if you look at the the picture in the traditional illustration, the Rider Waite, it's very clear that she could escape at any time she chose it. She chose, like, her imprisonment is self-induced. And I think a lot of my own failure, <laughs> a lot of my own failures are self-induced, um, if not all of them. Um, maybe not every single one of them, but probably most of them, most of my failures are my fault, you know? And, and a lot of them are because I'm stuck in my mind instead of centered in my heart. And, ooh, and that's the thing is, right? Like, I've been talking about how one of the biggest things with freedom for me is stepping into my body, living in my body instead of in my head. And the truth is that, like, the heart is centered in the body and that our intuition, our gut feelings, they're called gut feelings because we feel them in our gut. Our intuition is felt in our body, not in our mind, you know, and our mind is often full of fears and our body can be full of fears, too, depending on our, like, history of trauma and, you know, what our responses are. But I, for me at least and for i think most people um most of our fears and our doubts live in our head and for me i know that when i'm centered in my heart i am passionate i know my value i know my worth i know the value of what i have to offer i know the truth of what i have to say i know the power of my words i know all of these things i know how important it is that i keep going i know the truth of the fact that i am meant for more than barista life you know i know the truth of 
I, I know that I'm meant for more. I know that I'm meant for bigger things. And I know that I can do more and that I can do bigger things and that I can reach more people and that I can help people, like, actually level up their lives. And, like, I, I have leveled up my own life in so many ways. But I know that this one thing of listening to my heart and I, I, this is so hard for me because I'm a Ravenclaw. I value my mind, my intellect. I'm talking, I'm looking at you, page of voices. Um, I really do. And for a long time, for a long period of my life, childhood, teenage years, uh, college years to maybe not all my college years, but some of them, um, I really, I, I allowed myself to feel superior because I knew that I was above average intelligence and I knew that I was smart and I thought that that made me a better person. And <laughs> it doesn't. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and I also thought that my intelligence would take me places in life. And that's also not true. Um, intelligence can help, but I don't think it helps anywhere near as much as confidence and connections. Um, and by connections, obviously you can be blessed with some connections like through your birth or whatever, but like you also have the power. I also have the power to make connections every day of my life. And like connecting with people heart to heart is where a lot of success comes from and confidence, knowing your worth, knowing your value, knowing the truth of your message, the value of your mission, the importance of what you're here to do, that's also a really big factor in in success, I think. I'm not even sure how I how much I really like the word success, but it's what we're using today. And for me, a lot of that is going to depend on or depends on stepping out of my head and into my heart. Because my head is the one that's like, oh, you think you're so smart for having these big ideas, but like, here's all of the things that you would need to do to actually make this work, to actually make this function. Like, if you're going to do this right, here's what you need to do. And my head knows, like my head knows how the pros do it. Um, <laughs> my head is down to like research the ingredients that go into every ideal creative project and like how much is everything going to cost and to explain to me, explain to my heart exactly why it's unachievable and I can't do it. And my heart's job this year, my job this year is to listen to my heart and tell my fucking head, fuck the fuck off. We have work to do. You can either be a part of it or you can sit down but <laughs> you're not going to tell us no. We're going to find a way because what we're doing here is important. And we're going to make music videos and we don't have to have $20,000 to do it. Um, you know, we don't have to have a, a $5,000 camera and, you know, we don't, we don't have to have all these things to do this. We just have to do it. Done is better than perfect. Messy is relatable. Messy is relatable. Done is better than perfect. Those are mantras. And, um, yeah, so, so, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say about last year. Oh, yeah, the magic. The magic school. Welcome to magic school. 
like my biggest thing with magic. I told you this right at the very beginning of this podcast in the first, um, in the trailer episode, I think, um, that like my biggest struggle with magic is stepping into my heart and out of my head. And I think it's time to do that with my business and my creative projects as well. I've spent too long a time saying, I don't have the resources to do this. I can't make XYZ happen because ABC. And it's time to be the emperor and create the structure and follow my inner compass and listen to my heart despite the the darkness and the confusion and the echoes all around me and create from the heart and and to have the will because where there is a will there is a way and I think that's another part of what the emperor has to say um but you got to have the will. Uh, I got to have the will. And that's where we get to the nine of inspiration, which is the card that I drew for the the prop, uh, the the solution, the action that I have to take. And I'm going to read you this entire page because I literally just like, I just read this card, this page last night and I just burst into tears. And I don't know who else to hear needs to hear this, but I suspect at least one of you does. So here we go. Nine of inspiration, main message, seeing it through keywords, Last defense, following through, the final push to fin the final push to finish up, giving up too early, being overly vigilant, unwarranted defensiveness. So that is speaking both to my I didn't realize this last night, but that unwarranted defensiveness, that's my mind, right? The being over vigilant, that's my mind being like, mm, you don't have the resources to do this, you don't have the tools to do this, you don't have the connections to do this, you don't have the money to do this, you don't have the time to do this. Um, and Lord knows you don't even have the willpower to do this. And, um, the, you know, the following through the final push to finish up, I feel like that's the message for my heart. Like, no, you, you push through that unwarranted defensiveness that your mind is putting up and you, you make that final push, you finish up, you don't give up early. Don't you dare, don't you dare. And then the creator musing is some creators are excellent starters of projects, yet don't reserve the momentum and the energy to finish. They simply pave the way for someone else to push ideas past the finish line. And gosh, how perfect that I should get the page of voices and the page of inspiration early on, you know, both of which are about like being your head and making things happen in your head and making things happen in your heart and your mind and your inspiration and your ideas. But like, not actually making it, like, not actually realizing it into the material. And then the, to have at the very end this card that's all about realizing it into the material. <sighs> I love spreads. I love how, like, not only is there each, um, like, not only does each position give an interpretation to each card, but, like, the relationships between each position to every other position help magnify the relationships from each card to every other card. And then like, I didn't even think of this as like a linear reading from like beginning to finish, but it was, it started out literally the first two cards were my cards that I picked as my cards of the year. My second two cards were the cards about being all up in my fucking head. And all of these last cards are about like, 
listening to my fucking heart and finishing through and and fuck your head like fuck your mind fuck the swords fuck the voices that say no (sighs) word prompts winds of defiance a grain of resistance the long haul of happiness the long haul that's a word that's a phrase that's been coming up for me. Like, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm playing the long game. And I've been telling myself that for a long time. Like, no, we're keeping the job right now because we're playing the long game. And, like, we're, you know, we're, there's all sorts of things that I'm doing right now because I'm playing a long game. And things, costs that I'm okay with shouldering right now because I'm playing a long game. And the long game is love, right? The long game is love and magic and connection and community and leveling up not just for me but for everyone in that community who wants it and that's important that's important enough to push across the finish line if there is such thing as a finish line but I think you know what I mean experiencing the night of inspiration she stands gracefully ready for this last stand after all the work the training the timing and all the delights along the way there is one final push to make it happen some have given up Others have fallen away. But she knows that this final stand is what will make it all worth it. She knows in her heart that if she gives up now, that she is giving up on all of the energy that she has already put into this thing. She knows that if she gives up now, none of it will have been worth it. Actually, I didn't even read the whole thing. I got there and that was when I cried. And I don't think I've even read the rest of the page. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Creative prompt. The Nine of Inspiration offers a peek into what no longer needs defending and what remains because of the defensive energy you hold on to. Let go of something you've been defending for too long. A way of being, a worry, an excuse. Back to the five of emotions, right? About like, are you holding on to your shadow because it's more comfortable than than your light? <sighs> Transmute it. Or etch its name into a candle and light your candle of defense and love. Ooh, I'm doing that today. Allow the candle to work its magic and let the energy leave your heart. Maybe I'll do nine candles. Begin. Okay, pathworking visualization. Begin your meditation at the top of a dune, noticing the rough environment around you. Look closer and notice the plants and their beauty. How do these cacti survive such harsh conditions? Maybe there is medicine to be found within a conversation with a plant or with the setting sun. Ask for guidance on that which keeps your defenses up and which ones you can lower in love. Oh, I want to do all of these pathworking visualizations for all of these cards. They all sound so good. I tried to do one last night and my husband borrowed my sound, my like noise canceling earbuds. And there were so many noises going on in this house that I just literally could not get into it. Um, so we're trying again um, today. It's quiet right now, so... Hopefully right after I finish recording this, we'll do it. (sighs) Ask for guidance on that which keeps your defenses up and which ones you can lower in love. Thank you. That's a great question to ask my guides. Here's her poem. Follow through and see it done and one last stand you take. A healthy defense, a defiance, a needed tenacity. You are all of these things and your sands of conviction will be briskly whisked into the night unless your warrior spirit is rooted into the very dunes, ignited and set into the landscape of your knowing. 
yeah. I have nothing else to say about this reading. That's the whole thing. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Um, if you've listened this far, your homework for <laughs> this episode is to do this reading for yourself. And you don't have to spend quite so much time on it, but I would recommend it um, if you if you can. Um, I don't, I also don't think that every deck will take, like, if you use a deck you're really familiar with, it won't take you this long. Um, but it's also nice to use a deck that you're not so familiar with and to, like, really dive deep and let it give you all of the lessons, um, that, like, I've only worked with this deck a couple times before, but every time I do, it's like, mm, 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 good stuff. So, thanks, Chris Ann. Um... I will have uh, pictures of this in the blog post on welcometomagicschool.com if you want to look at the spread and the cards and stuff, um, which I, I recommend. And then you can head over to themusetarot.com to see um, the... Uh, you can see a lot of the cards there, but you can also... They have, like, the audio meditations and the audio poems for the cards there, and it's really really beautiful. Basically, like, the whole book is available online, so if you want to dig into that, um, or, like, the content of the book is available on that website, I think. I think all of it is. Um, you'll have to see yourself. Uh, but I'll link that down below as well. I also want to say this spread I got from a workshop that my friend Samantha is hosting with our friend Jennifer, and it has been a great workshop so far. It's a three-day thing all about supporting. The The concept, as far as I heard it, was like, what if instead of, like, pushing, what if instead of offering you a push to follow your, your goals this year, we offered you support for your whole self, your mind, your body, your spirit? And um, this is just the very first part of that workshop. I have looked through a bunch of the other stuff, though, and it is some good stuff. The workshop is $5.99. I'm going to drop in some audio of Sam talking about it now so she can give you her own spiel on it. Um, but I will link the way that you can get that delivered to you via text. Um, super easy, super convenient. And of course, you can totally uh, talk to me or to any of us about like your experiences going through it. Um, I would love to hear from you if you do this workshop. Um, I think I said it was only $5.99. Like, that's like $5.99, not $599. Just, I know spiritual community, things can be expensive. I mean, life, things can be expensive. It do be like that sometimes. But, um, yeah, so I would totally, I would totally recommend doing that, um, and, and getting all those resources to support your whole self this year. That would be really cool. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. I might have to break this up into two episodes. So if I did, you'll already know that, of course. And I think I said it, but I'm going to say it again. Your homework is to do this reading for yourself. If you were listening, I think you probably have a pretty good idea. It's mind, body, spirit. And then it's like the thing, the problem, the, the action or the solution or whatever. Um, and you can, you know, you can amend it or whatever as you will. But uh, I think, I think... I can tell you I've gotten a lot out of this, and I think you would too. Um, and if you want to do it together, we can do this together. And uh, I, I would love to do a reading like this for you. And something else we can do is, like, you know, if we do end up using, like, a weird deck like this that's new to both of us, 
and we want to like respect our time, like we'll talk about it in person, but I can also send you like all of the images and resources that'll help you like dive even deeper into it by yourself. And I always love having follow-up conversations with my clients too. So like if we have a reading together and then you're like thinking about it two weeks later and you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm thinking about like this card and like this happened. Like, does that mean anything? I would love to keep talking about that with you. Um, that is one of my favorite things about readings is like following people through their journey of like acting on the the plans that we make and the decisions that they make in our in our sessions it's just really cool to like watch people actually take the the conversations that we have together and use them to level up and to to make their life more magical and to make their life better in all sorts of ways it's it's really gratifying really rewarding so that's that Thank you so much for joining me. I'll pop some more links and resources and stuff down in the uh, show notes. And you can find all the show notes, all the links, all the pictures um, under episodes on welcometomagicschool.com. I'm pretty sure I usually link. Usually I think there's like a link when wherever you're listening that'll just take you straight to the episode page. I don't know. Either way, you'll find it. I trust you. I believe in you. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And have a, I just, I just want to send you a whole bunch of blessings for the rest of 2022. And I want to send you a blessing for your body. May you listen to it. May you honor it. I want to send you a blessing for and may it treat you well and i want to send you a blessing for your mind may it treat you well may you treat it well may you value what it has to say but not let it silence your heart and i want to send you a blessing for your heart your spirit that it will shine and sing and speak loud enough and bright enough for you to hear it over your mind, for you to feel it in your body, for you to listen to it and follow it and do what it says and trust in it. And um, <laughs> now I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes from Terry Pratchett's uh, Tiffany Aching books, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you now. If you trust in yourself and believe in your dreams and follow your star... You'll still get beaten by people who spent their time working hard and learning things and weren't so lazy. <laughs> so for me, I know that this year is going to be about finding the balance between listening to my heart and following my star on the one side and, you know, working hard and showing up on the other side and temperance, right? Finding that temperate middle path, alchemizing the heart and the mind and finding that middle road. So I wish that blessing for you as well, if that's something that you need. Anyhow, thank you so, so much for listening today. Have an absolutely wonderful, magical day. And I will see you next week on Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical one step at a time with practical and approachable witchcraft that works.